Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. This episode is brought to you by Pepsi Wild Cherry. Pepsi Wild Cherry is bursting with delicious cherry flavor and a sweet, crisp taste that gives you more to go wild for. Getting wild may look different these days, but whether it's opting for a solo Friday binge watch or a big night out, everyone can indulge in their wild side with Pepsi Wild Cherry, also available in Zero Sugar. So grab a Pepsi Wild Cherry and get wild. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad. 6.30 Chad and the Edmonton Oilers Hockey Club present the show that is everything Oilers. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer. Brought to you by Digitex. Service for all brands of print equipment in your office? Yeah, Digitex does that. D-I-G-I-T-E-X dot C-A on Oilers Radio. 6.30 Chad. Welcome back, everybody. This is the second hour of Oilers Now. Bob Stoffer. Joining you, uh, self-isolating at home in the city's south side. Hope you're doing well. Weather's now is brought to you by our title sponsor, Digitex. Digitex is your all-in-one convenient location at digitex.ca. Alberta's number one owned and operated place to buy office technology and software. Keep texting us at 780-496-0063 and our Ashley Fine Floors text line, Ashley Fine Floors, providing winning results for over 35 years. One of the... uh, themes for today, uh, the genesis of which was Louis DeBras joining the Edmonton Oilers after the Mark Messier trade during the 91-92 season. I mentioned to Louis my favorite non-Oilers Stanley Cup championship series um, involved the 91 Oilers against the 91 Calgary Flames, so I wanted to uh, get a sense of uh, what you all thought was your favorite non-Oilers Cup winning playoff series. Let her rip at 780-496-0063 on her Ashley Fine Floors task, uh, text line. All right. Every Thursday in Oilers now for our friends at Canadian Power Pack, Alberta's leader in electrical construction service, electrical prefabrication solar. We hook up with longtime NHL executive and now NHL Hockey and Rogers analyst Brian Burke. Hello, Brian. How you doing? Good, Bob. How are you? Good. You're going to be right, by the way. Did you know that? You say that you say that like it's a rare occurrence. Oh no, you're often right on this show. Uh, but our listeners, full disclosure, uh, the night that the NBA shut down, I text uh, Brian because you were, uh, we, as you know, we have Elliot on Friday show, you on Thursday show, Louis on Thursday show, and uh, I, I just was sort of trying to get a bit of a range, and uh, I said, "So what are we looking at here? Uh, two to three weeks?" And you said, "Bob, it's going to be a lot longer than that." So we're certainly headed down that path, are we not, Brian? I would love to be wrong on that, but yeah, it's going to be quite a bit of time if we play at all. And I if think there's a good all. chance. I, I still think we're not going to play, but I want to be hopeful. And the one thing that could solve all this is if they come up with a miracle cure, a vaccine or something, which is not beyond the realm of possibility. So yes. uh, I'm hopeful we'll play. But um, if I'm a betting man, I'll repeat my assertion I made here a week ago and made again last night. Um, I do not think we're going to play this year, but I hope to God I'm wrong. How bad, what could be the ramifications for the league if we're not back up until, and look, it is, we all get it, and we've talked about it ad nauseum here over the last two weeks. We have a greater issue at hand. We have to get this virus under control. Um, 
you can you know i'm canadian i'm not going to pat canada on the back too hard here there's things we could have done earlier that could have mitigated and even further limited the actual cases that we have in this country there are reasons why it didn't happen some of them are political some of them are as simple as you know listening to the world health organization that many of our texters brian believe are too closely connected to the chinese government uh, i digress bottom line here is if we don't play until next fall this could could i mean just in terms of and you've worked in american markets it ain't like it is in canada when it comes to hockey is that fair to say yes i mean you know it, 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 hockey's this. not a sport in canada it's a cult but i think even in canada we've got to be cognizant of of some you know potential landmines that how much disposable income are people coming back with how much of the jobless rate is restored you know it's a, it's acute in alberta it's an acute problem in alberta uh, unemployment and jobs leaving it was already a desperate situation that got worse now better, badly worse so what kind of an economic world are we coming back to how many of these jobs are going to be restored how, how how strong are the companies that buy sweets uh, it, it is really a moonscape it's a landscape that no one's walked on and that we know a couple of astronauts i guess but it's really uncharted territory and so i think that the avidness and the desire for hockey you see people are suffering horrible withdrawal already like like this is awful and so yeah. i think i think there'll be pent-up demand when we come back to play whether that's you know in may or june or july uh, I think the initial response would be great, but I just I want to see what the economic landscape looks like when we come back. Who's got a check to write? Well, yeah, well, and again, if we don't come back in May, June, or July, and then we're starting in the fall, here's where I'm going to go with this. Like, you go to the south, specifically in the southeast, and in the fall, it's about college football. And in the fall, it's about NFL, but in the southeast, it's about college football. And, and for that matter, you can include the Big Ten in that. Maybe not so much these days the Pac-10. Uh, but you got the NFL and college football to compete against in the fall. Uh, the NBA obviously would be coming back at that time as well. And I'm just wondering about the discretional funds for some of the markets where hockey is clearly a number four. Well, you're going to see the same decision-making that takes place with those other sports too. Like pro sports is is not a guaranteed thing for people like I've given this example before. So say you got a guy that works in the oil patch and his wife is a teacher in Edmonton and he loses his job on the rigs. He drives back in and they sit down at the kitchen table and say, okay, what can we cut? What can we take out of our budget? You know what the first bloody thing is? Pro sports. Season tickets to the Flames or the Oilers. That's number one. Number two is a family vacation or a new car. But number one is always easy. Take a pencil, draw your name through it. We're getting rid of our season tickets. So and I, I don't think we're going to come back to a bleak, bleak economic world. I do think there's going to be enough government support here that we'll, be, we'll get through this okay, especially if we can flatten the curve. So I don't mean to sound like a doomsday prophet, but anyone who's assuming that people will have checks to write, I think there will be a real fervor and desire for the game. We'll see if there's an economic wherewithal to support it. And again, hope I'm wrong, but I don't think I am. I think this is going to affect a lot of people for a long time. 
And to me, this is completely different, especially here in Alberta, than uh, when we came out of the 0405 lockout. The Alberta economy was uh, booming at that time. And, uh, you know, we, ha- we had a-, a cap put in place, which allowed the Edmontons and Calgarys, in theory, to be more competitive because they weren't going up against the Dallas Stars squad or Detroit squad that was spending 75 or 80 million bucks and the orders were 30. You know what I'm saying? And you had yeah. a way better economy. And, and this is, so Brian, this is not like when we've come out of work stoppages in the past, is it? No. But I think you'll see. Here's my prediction. Before all doom and gloom, because I've had people tell me that I've been way too pessimistic on this topic. Because I say I don't think we're going to play. Well, I don't think we're going to play. And I'll repeat that again. And I pray when I go to Mass, which is rarely, I pray that I'm wrong on this. But I do think to assume we'll come out of it with pent-up demand and excitement, but to assume that we're going to come out of it with the same economic circumstances as we went into it, I think is very naive. And I think that we better be prepared for, and I'm a season ticket holder. Like, I, I got season tickets here in Toronto. I write the check. I'm one of the guys who writes the check. And so I'll be curious to see what things look like when we come out of it. I do believe government on both sides of the border is being proactive, and it's not going to be as severe a slump as it could be otherwise. But I'm not assuming anything. If I'm still the president of hockey operations with the Calgary Flames, I'm not assuming anything. How about, and I had this point brought up to me by some of the texters on the Ashley Fine Floors text line, Brian Burke joining us for Canadian Power Pack. Do you think there's going to be some people that don't want to be next to other people? After this COVID-19 crisis? No? No, because we won't go back to work till the right people say it's okay. That's, I don't think, I'm not, I have no fear of that as a fan. Now, mind you, I don't sit in the crowd. I sit upstairs. But when I go to rugby matches here, like I'm, I'm involved with the Toronto Arrows, the new rugby team here. When I go to rugby matches, I mingle with people, and I'll have no fear of that. If the government says it's safe to go back to large groups, I have faith in that. Uh, speaking of uh, rugby and soccer, a uh, reminder, we have Steven Sandor coming up at 135 to talk about the Champions League game in Italy that uh, many are suggesting played a factor in the escalation of COVID-19 uh, cases in Bergamo. Uh, and you know what they said, Brian, the difference between rugby and soccer? What? In rugby is, a, or soccer, is a uh, gentleman's game played by hooligans. And rugby is a hooligans game played by gentlemen. <laughs> well, I'm not a big soccer fan, but I'll stay out of that. I've gotten in trouble before for mocking soccer and the way it's played and people rolling around and everything. But hold on. We'll, talk, the... we'll talk one time in the summertime if we get back to play or sometime yeah. we'll talk about my view on the Olympics and how big it is and what we need to do with the Olympics. So, But soccer, I'll well, One of the well. things get, we need to do is make text. it smaller. Yeah, we got to shrink it. Uh, all right. Now, that's, what I, that's where I want to go next year. So we know that the players want to play in the Olympics. The 2022 Olympics are in China. There is, I think it's fair to, you know, Brian, I had a Epstein's mother text the show. You remember Welcome Back, Connor. Epstein's mother text the show and said, uh, Bob, if the situation was reversed and the virus came from Canada, would China shut their doors immediately on Canada, and I just started laughing because we all know what the answer would be. Do you think that, you know, this occurring with COVID-19 and this pandemic, 
Do you think this might alter the desire of players to play in an Olympics hosted by China in 2022? No. Uh, well, see, and here's the problem. It's a legitimate question. It's a real question. But this is where, in my mind, maybe we're going too far with this because we have not experienced this in our lifetimes. The last time this happened was 101 years ago. A right. pandemic of this size, Ebola, SARS, all these dire predictions, they were tiny compared to this. This will do two things. One, we will be better prepared the next time this happens. The one good thing of, of experience like this is it's a very harsh teacher, but it's a good teacher. And we will be better when we're done. We will be better equipped to deal with this type of thing in the future. We will stockpile the, the necessary supplies. We'll have enough beds. We'll have to sell the whole thing. You won't have to teach this learning curve twice. So that's number one. Number two, once this is designed, they will come up with a vaccine. It's only a matter of time. And this particular virus will no longer be a threat except for the people who are stupid enough to not get vaccinated. And that's a different issue. So we eliminated measles. We eliminated polio on this planet. Now they've come back from people who don't get vaccinated, but we eliminated those things. And they were very real threats. Polio in the 50s. Bob, you're probably too young to remember, but there were kids in my school that had polio. It was a horrible debilitating disease and they got rid of it they eliminated eradicated it measles can kill you but they eradicated measles so they will come up with a vaccine and then the question is what's the next killer but i think medicine will keep pace with all of this and we'll be fine so i do think we will get through this we need calm heads here i don't think once sporting events resume we have to wear a mask and worry about the guy next to me if he coughs um i do think we'll be better equipped Hey, it's Kaylee Cuoco for Priceline. Ready to go to your happy place for a happy price? Well, why didn't you say so? Just download the Priceline app right now and save up to 60% on hotels. So whether it's Cousin Kevin's Kazoo concert in Kansas City, go Kevin! Or Becky's Bachelorette Bash in Bermuda. You never have to miss a trip ever again. So download the Priceline app today. Your savings are waiting. Go to your happy place for a happy price. Go to your happy price. Priceline and prepared to deal with these type of things and we can move forward i question where we'll be economically that's all all right uh and it took him a number of years did it not was it sulk is that who came up with the vaccine for polio yes for did polio it, yeah and it it took a while to now it's different we're talking the you know the 40s it, and the 50s yeah it's, it's different now bob they, they'll have a well, they're, they're doing a trial now. They, they think yeah. they'll have a vaccine that works in mass production in 12 months easy. So right. it's very different. Brian uh, Burke joining it, us for I Canadian the Power message, Pack. So- the message, sorry, the message, Bob, I'd say to fans is I don't want to come off as gloom and doom, but I, I also am a realist. This is what I think. I'm going to tell you what I think. But I also think if you want to pick up a rifle in this fight, follow the rules. Stay home. Wash your hands. Don't hang around with sick people. Like, follow the rules. That's how you pick up a rifle in this fight. Switching focus. We're now going to turn it sort of on a, on a we're going to go macro to micro. And the micro is, put yourself, you've been a general manager in this league. And as a GM, you head an NHL organization up from a hockey operations perspective. How uh, incredibly challenging would this time be right now for a national First of all, you got teams that loaded up and, and have, have gone for it and, and moved assets. You got other teams that are out of it that are sitting there probably thinking, well, 
you know, are we even going to have any more regular season games? Uh, what about the draft? What about there, there's got to be, you know, you, you've got to feel powerless if you're an NHL general manager right now in this situation, don't you? Yeah, you do. But I think these are all logistical problems that are easily dealt with if we get to return to play. So at some point, the CDC or whoever's in charge of these things is going to say, you can resume practice in small groups. Okay, that will be the first step, that groups of four or five or six athletes can practice together, because right now they can't. So, And then they'll say you can play games in front of no spectators or a crowd of less than this or every third seat or whatever. The, but at some point, they're going to say, play on. Full buildings, play on. Now, at that point, the league will be ready because Gary Bettman's a genius. Like, they've worked out every scenario that, okay, let's say we get cleared to play on April 15th, which we will not, but let's say they do. He's got building availability from every team in the league and some neutral sites in case there's hot spots. That's all set. What are we going to do? So they're going to sacrifice the regular season for sure, in my mind, unless they can play in May, and that ain't happening. But if they start playing in June, it's going to be playoffs only. Okay. Building availability. Okay. So now you say, okay, what about free agency on July 1st? It's only on July 1st because the NHL and the NHLPA agreed and the CBA that it's on July 1st. They can mutually move that date anywhere. That's just taking a pin out of a calendar and putting it on a different box. All of these things, the draft, free agency, all of these things are easily reconciled once we have a return to play date. With The key to this whole thing is when do we get to return to play? And if it's not this year, okay, then we'll start worrying about next year. Then, okay, we find out, say, on June 15th, they say, no chance we can return to play. Okay, then when's the draft? When's free agency? When's that? This is a time where the league and the union have to work together. It's time to listen and be reasonable. And this is all manageable stuff if people aren't stupid. Brian, I want to read you this text on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. One thing I really like about you, Brian Burke, is you talk reality. I truly agree with everything you said. I, too, am a realist. I also hope that you are wrong, says the uh, texter. So uh, there you go. Now, as an aside, I, I, I know we've talked about this in the past. Uh, have you found anything on YouTube or anything on Netflix or anything like that? that has, during this downtime, that has had you uh, entertained or taken, you know, been a little bit of a diversion away from uh, the the frustration of what we're dealing with right now? Well, I have two daughters that live in Toronto, and they're 14 and 16, and they're with me last week, they're with me this week, they're with me next week. Three weeks of quarantine. They went back to school yesterday online, um, and they're both very happy about that, by the way. They were getting bored with me. Uh, we have played some board games. We've had some fun together. Um, the answer is Anthony Stewart, who works at Sportsnet with me, told me I should watch this show on Netflix called Tiger King. So I watched, I watched the first episode, and I sat here at the kitchen table and watched all six or seven. I couldn't believe it. It's, it's, it's like taking acid. But this is a factual situation, and I've never taken acid, but it's like I couldn't believe it. I couldn't believe this happened in this day and age, these people. So anyway, I watched that, and I would recommend it to people who are really bored because it's bizarre. <laughs> um, I'm trying Read to finish it my Edison book. 
What's that? My kids gave me a book, a biography of Tom. I'm big on biographies of famous historical figures. Right. And they gave me a book for Christmas about Thomas Edison, who I know nothing about. And I'm trying to finish that. It started great. I, I could not put it down, and now I wish I hadn't opened it. So I'm trying to finish that. And then my daughter, who just came back from a student exchange program in Australia, brought me back a bestseller from Australia called Dark Emu. I'm starting that tomorrow. Uh, surprised she didn't bring you a picnic at Hanging Park. I believe that was one of the first Australian uh, novels that freaked everybody out back in the day. And uh, the light switch just went on with Edison. And ironically enough, Brian, uh, Brendan and myself talked about Tiger King yesterday. I saw the first episode in three quarters. What a freak show that show is. I mean, uh, if, if you if you ever wondered about the depths that humanity can sink to, watch that show. <laughs> <laughs> scary stuff. Brian, you'll as feel, always, you'll feel better. You'll feel better about yourself when you watch this show. Trust me. Yeah, my wife always talks to me about the fact that I'm always looking for individuals that make me feel better. <laughs> so there you have it. She's a true glutton for punishment. Brian, thank you for your time. Thanks, folks. Thanks for listening in. All right, there you go. That is Brian Burke from NHL Hockey on Rogers. It is 125 in Edmonton. Uh you can text us anytime on our Ashley Fine Floors text line. Former defenseman uh, Mark says, Bob, I hardly ever disagree with Brian Burke. Unfortunately, I'll let the previous track record of our government officials decide as to whether or not I believe they're selling or not. That'll be a huge grain assault. Bob, the show The Simpsons nailed soccer slash football, in my opinion. Well, didn't The Simpsons also say that Donald Trump would be president one day? Like, there's an entire conspiracy thing done on The Simpsons where they had, like, 15 to 18 things that came to the future, specifically in politics. Uh, Jack's mom has texted the show, yes, Brian was right that night, and honestly, I wish I'd keep him at my house during this time. Uh, I would get him to do the daily breakdown. Give us the straight advice and scare that virus away. More texts coming in. There uh, uh, we go. We had a couple people ask. I also mentioned the which was your favorite Oilers playoff series. It didn't involve the team winning the Stanley Cup. Brew Crew has texted the show to say, Bob, by far the number one series that changed the Oilers was a series victory over Montreal. Mark Messier standing up to Larry Robinson at center ice in the form, as you say, a thing of beauty. While Mess had the stick ratcheted up, he was going to whack him. And at that time, Larry Robinson in the late 70s, early 80s was, I mean, maybe not quite the Larry Robinson of 74, 75 that speedbagged Dave Schultz for fun, but he was still a scary, scary dude. Another texter says, Bob, I became an Oilers fan in 1997, so that series versus Dallas will always be special. Other good ones were Colorado 98, Detroit and San Jose in 06, and San Jose in 17. Keep it coming. We'll get to uh, more texts, tweets, those sort of things. Uh, ongoing COVID-19 coverage with Eileen Bell at 1.30. And then a real interesting guest coming up. Brendan, if you can tweet out the link to the Associated Press story. Uh, about this Champions League game that may have been the genesis of the proliferation of COVID-19 spreading in northern Italy. Stephen Sandor from Avenue Magazine, who knows soccer as well as anybody in town, when we return on Oilers Now. Oilers Now with Bob Stoffer, Weekdays at noon on Oilers Radio, 630 Chad.